This is a podcast from Rover. The Rocks, Jay and Dunk. Jay and Dunk. Our next guest experienced her aha moment at a Beyonce concert with just $300 left in her bank account. And now her company, Happiness Concierge, is empowering thousands of people across the globe. She's saved companies millions of dollars by empowering their people and shifting the dial on workplace culture. And her first book, There There Has has To Be More, The Essential Guide to Personal Growth, sums up years of frontline experience supporting thousands of individuals to thrive in life and in work. Please welcome to the show, Rachel Service. Hello, Rachel. (laughs) Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Kia ora, what a welcome. Can I just uh, be level with uh, the audience? Rachel, you'll know this. That was ripped straight out of Rachel's epic book. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you pick up a book and you flick through it and it just, every single page that you land upon speaks directly to you. I'll give you the example. Uh, I've spoken to countless people and they have explained this to me in two hour long conversations and you have managed to sum it up in this sentence. If you ever feel simultaneously overwhelmed and bored by the prospect of continuing with a life that doesn't truly reflect the person that you have become, it's likely you've outgrown your life. And that just smashes you right between the eyeballs when you hear that, isn't it? There will be people listening right now that just go, that is it. And then the question that follows that is, what can I do? Exactly. You know, so many people are having these, what they describe as almost an affair with their inner thoughts. They go into work and they've got the job and maybe the partner and the friends, the church, the community, the band, whatever they might have going on. And then inside they're thinking, I don't know if I care about this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like we're having this secret chat with ourselves. There has to be more, right? But when you're in it, it feels like you're almost having a bit of an identity crisis. For me, it felt like I was having a physical growing pain. I was at this Beyonce concert and she was, uh oh, oh, and I was, uh, <laughs> 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 I had this total, you know, what psychologists call cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I think that everyone has that moment where they're like, uh, this absolutely sucks. And then they will have that conversation and not acknowledge it within themselves and almost mask it. And it's, I've been in, a, I've been in, a, in an actual relationship where I've done the exact same thing. I'm like, man, it sucks being with this person. And my mates would say to me, hey, you clearly don't look happy. You should probably bin it and just move on. I'm like, no, it's great. I love it. I couldn't be more happy. You guys don't know what you're talking about. And you almost <laughs> double down on the misery. You're almost convincing yourself. It's at what point did you did you realize that you'd split in half? And what is the first step? Because that's what people will want to know. What is the first step in the, uh, that they can take to reverse their way out of that or to head in a different direction that will be better for them? Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. And the first step is, of course, own it. It's okay to not love or even like (laughs) where you're at or who you're with at a given time. And it's what psychologists call this term called loss aversion, which was we're so much more motivated to take action based on what we could lose than what we could gain. So let's say you're in a friendship or situationship or a quarantine ship or a relationship and you're thinking, I'm just not that into this anymore. So often we think, oh, well, we'll lose that friendship. We'll lose that camaraderie. But we don't often think, well, what we could gain? Well, we could probably gain feeling excited about life. Uh, we could often gain so many other things. So when we own where we are and say, say to ourselves, I'm not happy, 
I think that's the kind of light bulb moment. And then from there, we can say, well, let's find your way back. You know, I love that Maori proverb, which is when we want to look to the clues of ourselves, we need to look to the past. And that's the idea of when was the last time I felt great and look of great to stretch? When was the last time I felt like myself? Well, far out might have been when I was in an Elvis covers band years ago. Well, how did I end up running this company? Okay, I don't know how this happened. And then when we based on that, we go, well, if I found great that, that many years ago or in that job or when I was this long or I can't remember when I last felt like myself, that's cool. I can ask myself step three, which is what is it that I want? And for me, when I did this exercise, I wrote down all this kind of diatribe, what I thought I should want or what I could want and what I thought everybody else thought I should want. And when I actually just came back to it, I wrote down, oh, I'd love to spend more time with those I love and I'd love to be a speaker. So I said to my mate over coffee, uh, oh, I'd love to be a speaker. And she said, great, what about? And I was like, give me a minute. I haven't got that far yet. And her just saying, hey, that's cool. You know, there's actually a local community um, venue down the road. They take speakers, you know, like you who've done nothing before. Maybe you want to give that a go. And I think, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And those kind of small, small steps led me to making a game plan, doing what I call a bit of a people audit, and then taking that first step and over time your confidence grows doesn't it and what point did you get past that I guess impersonator syndrome so many people that talk about you know we can make your life better and you know I'm the next Tony Robbins and this <laughs> and that is basically what the world exists you know or has now when people have had all this time you know on their hands and they've made these YouTube channels about be the better you and David Goggins and stay hard and all the rest of it there's a very small number of people <laughs> that can actually motivate people to make a change and you've done it obviously as the intro said uh, over a number of years and saved companies millions and changed truckloads of people's lives at what point did you go, shit, I'm pretty good at this? <laughs> I don't know. You know, experts say that almost 70% of us experience that kind of imposter syndrome or inner critic or, you know, some people describe it, especially tall poppy syndrome in New Zealand, right? Yeah. Who, this inner voice that says, who do you think you are? <laughs> and I think you're so spot on, that kind of Kiwi opposition to you can do it, that kind of allergicness to that kind of motivation. And, you know, I think the fundamentals are the same. But, we, you know, I think what, what I'm hearing, the feedback from my clients and people in my care is, Let's just meet people where they are. You're saying I want to change my life. If I'm, you know, in Southland and I'm a farmer, how do I do that, Rachel Service? <laughs> or if I'm in a job, I'm free, I'm feeding five kids, I'm working two jobs to pay the bills, I've got my own health care to think about, and you want me to meditate? Like, <laughs> give me a break. And all of those <laughs> things are, like, great for your health and well-being. So I'm not dissing them. What I'm inviting people to say is, you know, when I get clear on what I want, I create my own version of success and oh my gosh, I get to create my own version of failure. So when we say success is, well, it's actually a unique proposition, unique to us. So success for you might be being on the radio, you know, <laughs> listen to your favorite music, hanging out with your mates and <laughs> failure might be, I don't know, getting a corporate job. You tell me as if I know. And you might think for me, success is, you know, helping people. Failure might be working in a job where I feel like I'm not making a difference. There's no wrong way to do you. And so I think when I kind of tapped into that kind of, um, we call it the confidence equation, get a bit of evidence, get a bit of validation from people I respect, not just who's around me necessarily. Well, people on Instagram. And then top up that yeah. self-belief. 
<laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so often we crave that validation from people we don't know, we don't actually respect or who have done what we're looking to do. And so when I get that kind of validation, that evidence, okay, I'm getting some feedback that people are changing their lives just as I did, cool, that's validating. Let's work on the self-belief part, Rach, which is what is it that you want? Do you believe you can do it? Now let's work on this trickier bit. Do I believe I deserve all the good stuff that comes with it? Gulp, I'll let you know once I figure that out. <laughs> you know, I think writing a book's helpful, but hey, work in progress over here for sure. Is uh, fear of failure the biggest roadblock to people making positive change? Absolutely. And I think often we talk about fear of failure as of what will other people think? But it turns out there are about seven or eight other versions of failure, failure of success. Oh my gosh, what if I actually get what I want? Will I still be lovable? Will I still be accepted? Is it cool to be a New Zealander who's also a motivational speaker? Will that ride with my local <laughs> friends and far now? <laughs> will that be cool? <laughs> so this fear of success, fear of judgment, fear of losing, fear of winning, all this other crap that gets in the way and what I like to say is you know fear is false evidence appearing real all of us experience it the people who achieve what is success to them the wrong way to do you is people who had that dialogue with themselves and say this fear is never going away but what I can control is how I choose to respond to it so if I go and have a chat with you here on the rock and I'm thinking oh my gosh I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> oh, that voice will always be hanging out hanging out and I say Rachel you're here to have a conversation it's all love no judgment also give it a go <laughs> it completely lowers the fear into to, oh, I'm here to learn, here to have a conversation, and hopefully if people find that useful, well, hey, that's a big tick for me. And if not, well, I'll hear, well, hear about it, won't I? You know, New Zealanders don't suffer that kind of anything they don't trust, right? <laughs> is, that in, is that in part and parcel of what you would term as the growth cycle? And what is the growth cycle? Because I, I suppose to move forward you need to, I guess, leave the past in the past to a certain extent and be prepared to have the failure that comes with that success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, in the growth cycle, you know, we often say, oh, we're not we're not happy in our life. We'll go and make a change. We'll only have to do it once and then we'll be set for life. <laughs> and what I have learned <laughs> through trial and error is that once you outgrow your life, well, then you just start the cycle again. So there's five steps, which I go through in my book. Step one, as we've mentioned, is own it. It's cool to own where you are with yourself. Then you can have an honest discussion with yourself. And when you have it with yourself, nobody else has to know yet. Ha. <laughs> Uh, step two, find your way back. When did I feel like me? When did I feel most happy? Or if that's a stretch, that I was having a good time. Step three, we're looking now to the future. What do I want? Step four, the game plan. Okay, what am I actually going to do about this? Yikes. I've got to make tiny, small changes. And part of that game plan, do a people audit. And then, of course, step five, which is take the first step. And once you've taken the first step, you can reflect and go, Am I owning this? Am I loving it? Or am I still in the past? Okay, I'm owning it. And then you think, oh, I can do that. I think I can. I think I can. I can do this. And then a few years later, like I did after my TED Talk, I was like, I've done a TED Talk. <laughs> Boom, drop the mic. Yo, nailing it in motivational speaking. And then like two weeks later, I was like, what's the point of motivational speaking? You know, what's next for me? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to go through this growth cycle again. That's kind of like what you just talked about there. There are so many people that will like outgrow their current version of their life and then you hit that massive rut and that's how you end up stuck there. If you don't like do the self-reflection or figure out, you know, like you've just said, what makes you happy um, or what, what excites you, 
that's just totally where you get stuck, right? Because, yeah. like you say, you're just going to keep like putting more goalposts up and start kicking over them. That's that's what happens. You either get you either get more goalposts or you get a convertible BMW and hair plugs. I could do both, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I've met with all colours of the rainbow in my work, and what everyone shares is that they've either achieved what they wanted to on paper, right? And then they experience what we've exper- experts have called something called arrival fallacy, which is I got everything I wanted, wanted, wanted. Why aren't I excited by that anymore? Mm. So, you know, we can think, oh, we have to create more goals. Didn't I just figure out how to get out of my rut? Well, totally. But it's about just tuning into what fulfills me. And it's cool and to be expected if your version of success changes over time. So, for example, me six years ago, my version of success was crying happy tears at Beyonce. And, you know, I've been able to do that through Lemonade at Al, her following work, post that year. And then now as an entrepreneur, six years into my business, my version of success is being able to spend time with my nephews who live down the road. And, you know, years to come, my vision of success will, you know, be wanting more time to do things that are maybe not work-related. See how we go. <laughs> you know, your vision of success changes. And so whether you're, um, you're at university or you're at school and you're thinking what's next or whether you're going into the workforce or whether you're at that kind of 35 to 40-year, five-year mark, whereas I've got some hits on the board and either I'm cool with that or I got here, but I don't think this life prescription is my vibe at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to read you this sentence because this is one of the ones um, that hit me right in the face uh, like it was a cricket bat. Happiness doesn't just happen. And I just thought, man, that's so on the money because I think so many people expect happiness to just happen and just to be happy just because you're existing. But you can't just expect to be happy. It's definitely something you've got to work on, right? I, which I think it's very important for people to remember in a current situation like we've got now, COVID-19. Exactly. You know, it's the whole idea of uh, let's be happy, but it's also like, let's get real. Let's look around and look at the circumstances. So, you know, a lot of the conversations I have with my clients and myself, by the way, is how can I keep my standards for myself high, but my expectations low? Because when we keep our standards high, we're holding ourselves to a version of success that's true for us. When we keep our expectations low, we can say, look, we're in lockdown. Melbourne now 200 days where I'm I'm calling you from. Um, I'm in lockdown. You know, I might be able to leave the house without a mask soon. We have to think about what's the idea of a small win in the circumstance. For me, I, I lead a team remotely. Some of them will have highs and lows, just as I will during this quarantine. What could success look like within this bubble of time? Um, and that can change and it needs to change, especially if you're a boss at work too. Is this a great time? I mean, obviously, it depends on the lens in which you look at things through. And I think for, for me personally, and probably I can speak on behalf of Dunk, is that with this going on, it's a great opportunity to stop and to take stock and go, what is it that I'm actually doing all of this for? And why am I doing it? And kind of drill down into what it is because I think people continually perpetuate whatever life that they've currently got because it just kind of seems a little bit easier than swinging the wheel and taking off in a completely different direction. But we don't often get times like this. It is unprecedented that we've had this amount of time to sit with our thoughts, to be forced to make some tougher decisions. And you can pop out the other side of this like we will in 14 weeks possibly doing the exact same 
same thing that you did three and a half months ago, or you can come out of it with the ability to skip rope, to do yoga, to do mindfulness, to have a better relationship with your parents and siblings and friends and have a greater purpose in life. That that would be the greatest tragedy, I think, is that if people don't take this time, which we're not often given, to make those changes. Exactly. And, you know, I know there's a lot of pressure out there online, like learn how to make sourdough and start a new business. And by all means, like flip you, if that's your jam, totally great. But it's also when you're given the gift of time and your own thoughts, you can have a really, you can shift what we call rumination, which is to overthink something and shift it to reflection, which is to positively say, okay, where am I at? Positive, honest dialogue with myself. What is working for me right now? Cha-ching, can get a takeaway coffee or I can't and lockdown depending on what you can, cha-ching, I'm alive and (laughs) well-ish. And what would I like to do differently? Well, far out, to be honest with you, am I pumped to go back to my job? Well, yes, maybe no. Uh, But what would it take for that to be a yes? So often we think about changes, making radical changes, when in fact, when we make small edits and say, hey, I'm changing, I'm growing, don't waste a crisis, don't waste a deadline. Given this quarantine has come to a close, I've been thinking, would it be possible? Is this possible? Here's what would make my job or my life or my circumstance or my community or this relationship go to the next level, pitch it as a positive. Are you open to that? And that invites like a two-way dialogue with people you're spending time with, including yourself. So yeah, you know, it is possible, lower the pressure, but um, pose the question with those around you, including yourself. Rachel Service, I knew Ooh. I was going to bloody enjoy chatting with you. I knew yeah. it was going to like pump me up. Put the coals up. down. We're ready to walk over them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I knew it pump me up and, you know, um, and, and it'd reinvigorate a lot of people. Um, and it was literally one of those books, once you start reading, you're like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, I should be doing that. Um, and it gave me personally, and I know Jay as well, um, a lot to, lot to work on, which is exciting, man, because yeah. it keeps you hungry. Um, and I just want to say to everyone listening right now, if any of that struck uh, a nerve with you, then what you need to do is text more. If you want more out of your life, text more, send that to 3520, and we're going to send you back a direct link to Rachel's website, and you can buy the book, and it may, may be the best thing you ever did with your life. Um, mm. Rachel, you're an absolute star. We could have chatted to you all afternoon. We'll be honest. Yeah, I know <laughs> that you um, you normally uh, you know get paid millions for having these conversations, so we appreciate you doing it for absolutely nothing, and the <laughs> offer stands endlessly if you uh, ever want to jump back on our show we will uh, we will welcome you with open video links uh, and hopefully one day arms I would be honoured Jay and Dunks drive on The Rock